Welcome to the Dream Big, My Friend podcast, where you will find all the inspiration you need to begin living a more intentional life today. Because no matter where you are right now in life, it's never too late to dream big, my friend. And now here's your host, Francis Vitakovic. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Dream Big, My Friend podcast. This is your host, Francis Vitakovic. And today we're going to be talking about how to retire young and more specifically 10 lessons that I learned from my own dad, who was actually financially free at 50. Now, just to give you a little background to this episode, way before I ever started this podcast, I was just an ordinary blogger. I had my website that won the best parenting blog back in 2019. I'm pretty sure that's the right year because in 2021, I I won the best personal development blog award for my second website, dreambigmyfriend.com. So way before I ever had this platform, this podcast where I could just share with you via my voice, all the things that I do have to share with you, I was writing it down, writing it down on my first website, Inspiring Mum Life, and also at dreambigmyfriend.com. And when I went back to have a look at some of the old posts, I discovered that there are so many gems there. And I thought it'd be really fun to share them with you here on this podcast. So today we're going to talk about how to retire young, 10 lessons that I've learned from my own dad who was financially free at age 50. And if you're looking for advice on how to retire young, these are the biggest lessons that have stuck with me from his own experience, from me watching it happen without him ever actually earning a massive income. So I should probably start by saying that this episode is partly a tribute to my dad who achieved financial freedom at a really young age without ever earning a substantial income and also a learning lesson for any parent that or any human actually that's listening to this episode and looking to create more financial security in your own life, even if you're not earning a massive income, this is proof that it can be done. And you don't have to earn six figures every year. You don't have to earn multiple six figures in order to achieve it. You don't need to be anybody super special. You don't even need to have a fancy college degree. Instead, what achieving a goal like that requires from you is a lot of drive, determination, and a willingness to step outside your comfort zone. So just to give you some background, my dad was born into what would be considered to be poverty. It was a really poor European island village, and he only went to school until grade six. And it's funny because my mom actually questions whether he actually even made it to year six. She keeps on thinking, oh, it could be year five. But back then it was the way it was. There was no reason to stay in school when the work needed to be done in the fields. My mom, who had slightly more opportunities, I think she had family on the mainland that enabled her to actually go and finish year eight at school, the eighth grade. And by the time they were 16, I think it was 16, maybe 18 for my mum, they both left their homeland in Croatia for greener pastures. They came out to first New Zealand and then Australia. And when they came to settle in this new country, they did not have a cent to their name. So how did it come to be that an uneducated young kid, young man, went on to retire at age 50? And my mum, you know, they obviously did it together. They accumulated assets that provided them with an income for life without ever earning a six-figure salary. So here are some of the money lessons that I've learned over the years from my dad who proved without a shadow of doubt that you don't need a lot of a lot of money in order to succeed. You really, really don't. So the first lesson that I learned was 
You don't actually need to learn a lot from work in order to achieve financial freedom. So my dad always used to say to me that a person who earns $30,000 and only spends 20 is richer than someone who earns $100,000 and spends $110,000. Okay, he used to say this to me when I was a teenager. It's all about how much you save and put away for a rainy day. And that was his ultimate goal, just to save as much as he could every week, not just a flimsy 10%, but literally every cent that he could hold on to that wasn't necessary to spend, he would do that. We'll do that for our family. And obviously nowadays earning more income helps accelerate our results, but he never let a mid-range income stop him from achieving success, financial success. And now for lesson number two, you need to be a fighter who does not give up and always keeps the end goal in mind. So life is definitely not always smooth sailing. Instead, it's full of ups and downs. Like just an example in point, my dad was a chef by trade. And when he came to Australia, like with literally not one cent to his name, he worked day and night until he saved enough to put a deposit on a restaurant and then one night like I'm not even kidding his restaurant burnt to the ground he lost everything they didn't have insurance and it was back to square one for him but he always had that end goal in mind like the end goal was financial freedom so he picked himself up brushed off his knees and started again he didn't let that setback hold him back or cause him to give up forever he just kept on moving forward now for lesson number three there's no need for flashy cars So while every other dad was driving around in probably a flashier car than my parents had, my dad was just driving a reliable secondhand car. He didn't care what other people thought of it because his sense of security didn't come from material possessions. His theory was, I mean, back then, like why purchase a car that's $10,000 or $20,000 when you can buy a $2,000 one or a $5,000 one that just does the job just fine. To him, he was able to see that extra money, whether it was an extra $8,000 in the bank, he wanted to hold on to that money for himself. And to be fair, like he's retired now and he drives a little bit of a nicer car, but it's still a newish mid-range model. It's definitely not a BMW or a Mercedes. He just never saw the value in putting his money into cars. And now for the fourth lesson that I learned from him. Oh my gosh, like he goes on about this still to this day. Don't waste money on fast food. So remember, he was a chef by trade, and this was such a big thing that he tried to drum into me and my sisters from the moment that we started working as teenagers and we had that extra money coming in. He probably drummed it into us out of fear that we'd probably spend all our money on stupid things. Like he believed that you should not waste money on fast food. He honestly did not understand the concept of people not eating their breakfast at home or packing a sandwich and snacks for throughout the day and then having a home-cooked, nutritious meal at night. To him, this was just the way he did it. Breakfast at home, you pack your lunch if you're going out for the day and you have dinner at home, a nice home-cooked, nutritious meal. Now that's not to say that we never ate out because later on we definitely would have, I think it was Sunday nights where our family treat nights, we'd go to Pizza Hut, like whatever we wanted. Like it was just that one day where we enjoyed and indulged in what he considered to be a treat, but it was a conscious decision that he made. It was not something that we did every single day definitely would have frowned upon that. And that was the exception and not the rule. So would he ever stop to buy us junk food at the shops? No. Like he'd always say, like, just eat when you get home. That's honestly like, I don't think in my whole life when I was young, did I ever go to the shops and stop to buy something from one of those takeaway counters. Uh, it just never, ever happened. His belief was why spend unnecessary money or excessive money on things that would just go down the toilet. I know that's like it's such a funny analogy, but honestly, that he used to always say that. You're just flushing your money down the toilet if you waste your money on food that you don't need to buy because you've got good food at home. He was a chef after all, and he just wanted to always make sure that we ate really well. He knew that homemade food would always be cheaper than the overpriced stuff that you just buy on the go because obviously it's marked up because businesses can pay their rent and bills and stuff. They need to make money to be profitable. He was used to remind us of that. 
So wait until you get home, he used to say, and eat something healthy there. And while we're speaking about food, my dad was definitely always obsessed with his garden. He has the most, and I still to this day, the most incredible vegetable garden that he tends to every day. He grows organic lettuce and cucumbers and eggplant, tomatoes. He even has, I think it's now an avocado tree, olive, figs, pomegranates, mandarin, all in the comfort of his just normal suburban backyard home. And now for lesson number five, working hard. If I had to choose just one word that described my dad, it would definitely be hard working over and above everything else. He didn't just work one job as a chef. He would take on second jobs in order to bring in extra income. He wasn't scared of hard work or getting his hands dirty. He would regularly work at least 60 hours a week if that's what it took for him to bring home the bacon and to have extra money for savings. He would do whatever it took just to keep the money coming in, even taking on new businesses when he got older and just learning new skills. Like once again, he was an immigrant. If there was something that he didn't understand, he didn't just like give up and shrug his shoulders and say, oh, well, I'm not going to try. Like he would find an answer. He'd go looking for someone who could help him understand. And he believed that you reap what you sow. And if you sow nothing, then you're going to get nothing in the end. Hey, my friend, I just wanted to pop in and say that if you listen to this podcast and ever think, oh my gosh, I really wish that I could get some one-on-one help actioning out all these ideas, I have the best news for you. Did you know that I'm now offering private coaching? So if you feel like you would benefit from some one-on-one support and guidance and accountability from me, your very best and biggest cheerleader, make sure to check out my Dreaming to Doing coaching experience. Or if you prefer to start small, feel free to dive into one of my mini courses, which I've created just for you. Now, these courses are going to help you show up in your life and in your business and in your family as the very best version of yourself. So you can freely ditch all the mind drama and grab the tools that you need to help you not just dream bigger, but to live life with more clarity and intention starting today. So you can find the link to my coaching program and courses inside the podcast description. And I sincerely look forward to connecting with you on a deeper level. And now for lesson number six, be prepared to take calculated risks. So because his income wasn't massive, my dad knew that he needed to invest to grow his money. So I'll share more on this in the next tip, but I just mentioned this idea of calculated risk as a separate lesson because many people aren't prepared to take risks. They don't want to leave the safety of their comfort zone, but my dad had an goal in mind to be financially free and he knew that in order to achieve this dream, he needed to do something different to get to his goal. So he watched to see what other successful people were doing and at the time it was investing in real estate. Now he could have said, oh no, that's too hard. It's too risky. What if I lose all my money? Or he could have just decided to live for today and let the future worry about itself, but he didn't. He didn't mind a little bit of short-term pain for long-term gain. And now for lesson number seven, investing wisely. So you've got to remember my dad only finished year six, but he's always been really street smart and super determined. So if he had a question about something, he wasn't afraid to keep on asking until he found the right answer. And if someone else was doing something well, he didn't doubt that he could do it as well. He just assumed he could. And at the time, real estate was booming. So we sold our first home and bought an old house that he knocked down and rebuilt into something more special. And then eventually years later, they sold that house at a profit and used that money to buy an investment property along with another knockdown house where he built the house that my parents are still living in today. 
And along the way, like every single step of the way, he continued to work hard and take other investment risks. Not all of them were great. Like there were stories there. Sometimes there were losses, but at all times he was just doing something to keep moving forward. He wasn't afraid to borrow money if he thought that he could make it back, you know, two or threefold. He didn't fear making investments because he usually did some research beforehand, lots of research and waited until he was fairly confident that he was making the right decision. Calculated risk. Okay. Of course, you know, he wasn't a hundred percent confident. There's always an element of risk that goes along with every financial decision, but he knew that you had to be in the game to win it. And so remember his catchphrase above, do nothing and don't be surprised when you get nothing. And now for lesson number eight, be frugal. Just because you have money doesn't mean that you need to spend it all. So my dad is still to this day, someone that you wouldn't pick as having retired really early or that he was financially free at age 50. I think it was just before he turned 50, to be honest. He doesn't wear flashy clothes or flashy jewelry. He doesn't care for name brand things. Even though he's generous with his family and friends, he doesn't throw away his money everywhere. So he's far from a show off. He just buys what he truly needs. He's like really conscious of what he needs as opposed to everything that he wants. I think his wants are really simple. And I think that he always believed that that was a downfall of so many other people, like just buying everything that we want without thinking, even though we don't truly need them. Okay, so that's a differentiator, like buying what you need as opposed to everything that you want. His thought was this, like just because you have money in your wallet or bank doesn't mean that you have to go off and spend it all. He truly believed that you needed to be smart with how you choose to spend your dollars. So will you wish in two years time that you kept that money instead of wasting it on more clothes or books or toys or junk food or anything that you now probably see as clutter in your house or that you might have even tossed away and you never really got the real value from it. If you were working hard for your money, you don't want to throw it away mindlessly. And that's actually where lots of people get confused about feeling abundant about money. We make this assumption that because you have abundant thinking about money, that that means you're going to go off and spend it all at once. But abundant thinking is actually appreciating the money that you do have, feeling comfortable with having it in your bank and not necessarily feeling like it needs to be spent all at once. In order to really master the skill of having money, You actually have to get good at having it, just having it, letting it sit there without feeling this impulsive need to go and spend it. Which brings me to lesson number nine. There's no need to spoil your kids with excessive material possessions. So this one probably hurt at the time. My sisters and I were definitely not spoiled as kids. In fact, as soon as we became teenagers, we were encouraged to find part-time jobs so that we could have our own money to save. Okay, not to spend, to save. My parents definitely didn't believe that we needed $10 when one was enough. And sometimes we had to wait for that $1 and they didn't care what the latest fad was or craze was. So they never indulge in our every whim. They preferred that we just go outside and play with our friends. They encouraged us to ride our bikes and roller skate and use our imagination. And every week I had, like I would go to the library, I'd borrow more books than I could comfortably carry so that I can indulge in this free entertainment because my parents aren't going to be handing me all these toys. I had to like come up with ways to spend my time myself. So back then, like if you were to ask me how I felt about it, how I felt about missing out on again, having a Cabbage Patch Kid or a Game Boy or probably a long list of obsolete toys, I probably would have told you that it seriously sucked. But in retrospect, this experience toughened me up. Like I really did learn to use my imagination. Like I grew up to write over 20 books and I've created so many courses and I learned the fine art of patience and persistence and of appreciating everything that I do have in my life. Like even to this day, I don't take anything for granted. And that is a priceless gift in itself. Even though like if you'd asked me as a teenager, I would have told you like it was the most terrible things that my parents weren't spoiling me and giving me everything that I wanted. In the end, it did work out in my favor. 
So lesson number 10, the best things in life are free. So if it comes across as though my sisters and I had this terrible life because my dad was always working, my mum was a stay-at-home mum, and that they weren't definitely indulging us with toys, that couldn't be further from the truth. Okay, my sisters and I grew up with the most amazing friends and family. On the weekends when my dad wasn't working, our home was always filled with family and friends. We would go to dances, like dances were a big thing in our community. We'd host barbecues and all the families would come over. The dads would have these regular card night games. The mums would chat, the kids would play. That's how we grew up. We knew without a shadow of a doubt that all of this, like the laughter and the love and the close-knit community that we had and the great friends and that sense of security was worth more than anything that we could buy in the shops. Okay, we, we, we couldn't buy what we had in the shops. And that, my friends, was the real meaning and purpose in life to me. And so there you go. Those are the 10 lessons that I've learned from my dad. The biggest lesson that I hope that you take away from this episode is knowing that anything is possible. My parents, my dad finished in year six. My mum made it to year eight. They came to Australia with nothing. And even still, they had a goal. They held onto it so tight. They had that determination. They were willing to work hard. And they did all those things that I spoke about in this episode. And they got to their goal in the end. And the same is true for you. No matter where you're at right now, if you have a goal, a financial goal, anything is possible, my friend. Even if you also grew up in poverty, even if you didn't have a high school education or a college education, None of those things are going to determine your financial success later on. It all comes down to the attitude that you have and the belief that you can do it. I think that my parents just always assume that they could do it. And so that belief, those thoughts that they had translated into the results that they were eventually able to achieve. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode today. As always, I love and appreciate you all. And until next time, dream big, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you really loved it, you can show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. For more inspiration, head over to dreambigmyfriend.com where you will find even more content for all the dreamers out there. Until next time, dream big, my friend.